Welcome to Songs of Praise from 3ABN Australia Radio.
His destiny was changed when he called on his name. When your kingdom comes, remember me. In paradise that day he stood, just like the Lord had said he would, surrounded by those who had gone before. One said, can hear him reply there are no merits to my name no works that I can claim he who brought me here told me to
of Praise, brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio.
I long to be perfectly whole. I want you forever to live in my soul. Break down every idol. Cast down every fall. Now wash me and I complete sacrifice I give up myself and whatever I know now wash me and I Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Lord Jesus, you see that I patiently wait. Now come and within me a new
listening to songs of praise
gentle breeze. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art. can take it in, that on the cross my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to sings my soul, my Savior God to Thee, how great Thou shall fill my heart. Then I shall bow in humble adoration and there proclaim, my God, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Sleep in their grave. 
waves one day will bow and proclaim he's lord of all glory the crown king of kings all creation will thunder his name that name is jesus sweet rose of sharon spotless and pure lamb of god jesus the lion of judah the promised emmanuel god's son jesus my lord and creator who witnessed and conquered the grave jesus this world's only savior jesus what a Sharon, spotless and pure Lamb of God, Jesus, the Lion of Judah, the promised Emmanuel, God's Son, Jesus, my Lord and Creator, who witnessed and conquered the grave, Jesus, this world's only Savior, Jesus. Without change or compromise, we will not last. We're set apart from the world and its ways. I gave up that old life the day I was saved. I'll take the old time way. There's not one thing I change. I've come this far with Him, and with Him I'll go. on for the Lord and the right. Though the battle is raging, don't give up the fight. For now is the time and this is the place to stand here as one and boldly proclaim. I'll take the old time way. There's not one thing I change. I've come this far with Him and with Him Turn. I've made up my mind, 
change I've come this far with Him And with Him I'll go all the way I'll not back down and I'll not give in I've read the last chapter and I know who wins I'll run the last mile of the race in the old time way Listening to 3ABN Australia Radio's Songs of Praise. It made when the Lord came. 
came and stayed in my heart. Oh yes, I've been changed. Though my sins were as scarlet, they're white as snow. I was bound, but today I am free. I was lost in the darkness, but now am found. I was blind, but now I see. I've been changed. It made when the Lord came and stayed in my heart. Oh, yes, I've been changed. Like the poor Hebrew children, I wandered long in a bare desert land to and fro. But I crossed over.
Him, this man, some were calling her king, and as the crowd shouted, Crucify him, the soldiers let me go free. What kind of man, guilty of nothing, would suffer the shame and disgrace? Hang on a cross, despised and rejected. Die in my place at Calvary for someone like me. My name is Thomas. For three years I followed. I saw every wonder and sign. They say he has arisen. That his grave is empty. I just can't believe he's alive. Now standing before me, Jesus shows me the scars in his hands and his side. What kind of man embraces a doubter, lovingly drawing me near? I don't have to wonder. If I've been accepted, settled the worry and fear at Calvary for someone like me. My name is Peter. I knew him and loved him, but oh, how I failed him that night. I promised Jesus that I'd never leave him. I'd willingly lay down my life. But there at his trial, I stood by the fire. I denied him three times. What kind of man pours out his mercy on someone who stumbles and falls with no way to earn? Forgiveness still came after all at Calvary for someone like me. Oh, I've been Barabbas, the guilty set free. And I have been Thomas, the doubter redeemed. And I have been Peter. Yes, I've been. All three. What kind of man leads for the worthless and saves him whatever it takes? What kind of man would rescue a sinner and offer amazing grace at Calvary? 
You've been listening to Songs of Praise, a production of 3ABN Australia Radio. Welcome to 3ABN Australia Radio's book reading program. The book, The Ministry of Healing by Alan White, provides sound counsel regarding holistic health. It covers all aspects of living that contributes to good health like cheerfulness, fresh air, exercise, diet, and positive relationships with other people, to name a few. Crucial also is a personal relationship with our Creator, who gave us life and everything we need for health and happiness. In this book, Alan White deals with sickness of the soul and the healing balm to be found by trusting God in all things. Written in simple, beautiful language, ministry healing will point to a life full of joy and happiness, a life connected with the source of healing power. Let's join our book reader, Rosalie Ricards. Hello, this is Rosalie and I'm reading from the book Ministry of Healing by Alan White. Continuing chapter 12. Many look upon labour as a drudgery, and they try to obtain a livelihood by scheming rather than by honest toil. This desire to get a living without work opens the door to wretchedness and vice and crime, almost without limit. Subheading The City Slums In the great cities are multitudes who receive less care and consideration than are given to dumb animals. Think of the families herded together in miserable tenements, many of them dark basements, reeking with dampness and filth. In these wretched places, children are born and grow up and die. They see nothing of the beauty of natural things that God has created to delight the senses and uplift the soul, Ragged and half-starved, they live amid vice and depravity, moulded in character by the wretchedness and sin that surround them. Children hear the name of God only in profanity, foul speech, imprecations, and revilings fill their ears. The fumes of liquor and tobacco, sickening stenches, moral degradation, pervert their senses. Thus multitudes are trained to become criminals, foes to society that has abandoned them to misery and degradation. Not all the poor in the city slums are of this class. God-fearing men and women have been brought to the depths of poverty by illness or misfortune, often through the dishonest scheming of those who live by preying upon their fellows. Many who are upright and well-meaning become poor through lack of industrial training. Through ignorance, they are unfitted to wrestle with the difficulties of life. Drifting into the cities, they are often unable to find employment. Surrounded by sights and sounds of vice, they are subjected to terrible temptation. Herded and often classed with the vicious and degraded, it is only by a superhuman struggle a more than finite power that they can be preserved from sinking to the same depths. Many hold fast their integrity, choosing to suffer rather than to sin. This class especially demand help, sympathy and encouragement. If the poor now crowded into the cities could find homes upon the land, 
they might not only earn a livelihood, but find health and happiness now unknown to them. Hard work, simple fare, close economy, often hardship and privation would be their lot. But what a blessing would be theirs in leaving the city with its enticements to evil, its turmoil and crime, misery and foulness, for the country's quiet and peace and purity. To many of those living in the cities, who have not a spot of green grass to set their feet on, who year after year have looked out upon filthy courts and narrow alleys, brick walls and pavements and skies clouded with dust and smoke. If these could be taken to some farming district surrounded with green fields, the woods and hills and brooks, the clear skies and the fresh, pure air of the country, it would seem almost like heaven. Cut off to the great degree from contract with the dependence upon men and separated from the world's corrupting maxims and customs and excitements, they would come near to the heart of nature. God's presence would be more real to them. Many would learn the lesson of dependence upon Him. Through nature, they would hear His voice speaking to their hearts of His peace and love, and mind and soul and body would respond to the healing life-giving power. If they ever become industrious and self-supporting, very many must have assistance, encouragement and instruction. There are multitudes of poor families for whom no better missionary work could be done than to assist them in settling on the land and in learning how to make it yield them a livelihood. The need for such help and instruction is not confined to the cities. Even in the country, with all its possibilities for a better life, multitudes of the poor are in great need. Whole communities are devoid of education in industrial and sanitary lines. Families live in hovels with scant furniture and clothing, without tools, without books, destitute both of comforts and conveniences and of means of culture. Imbruted souls, bodies weak and ill-formed, reveal the results of evil hereditary and of wrong habits. These people must be educated from the very foundation. They have led shiftless, idle, corrupt lives and they need to be trained to correct habits. How can they be awakened to the necessity of improvement? How can they be directed to a higher ideal of life? How can they be helped to rise. What can be done where poverty prevails and is to be contended with at every step? Certainly the work is difficult. The necessary reformation will never be made unless men and women are assisted by a power outside of themselves. It is God's purpose that the rich and the poor shall be closely bound together by the ties of sympathy and helpfulness. Those who have means, talents and capabilities are to use these gifts in blessing their fellow men. Christian farmers can do real missionary work in helping the poor to find homes on the land and in teaching them how to till the soil and make it productive. Teach them how to use the implements of agriculture, how to cultivate various crops, 
how to plant and care for orchards. Many who till the soil fail to secure adequate returns because of their neglect. Their orchards are not properly cared for, the crops are not put in at the right time, and a mere surface work is done in cultivating the soil. Their ill success they charge to the unproductiveness of the land. False witness is often borne in condemning the land that, if properly worked, would yield rich returns. The narrow plans, the little strength put forward, the little study as to the best methods call loudly for reform. Let proper methods be taught to all who are willing to learn. If any do not wish to speak to them of advanced ideas, let the lessons be given silently. Keep up the culture of your own land. Drop a word to your neighbours when you can and let the harvest be eloquent in favour of right methods. Demonstrate what can be done with the land when properly worked. Attention should be given to the establishment of various industries so that poor families can find employment. Carpenters, blacksmiths and indeed everyone who understands some line of useful labour should feel a responsibility to teach and help the ignorant and unemployed. In ministry to the poor there is a wide field of service for women as well as men. The efficient cook, the housekeeper, the seamstress, the nurse, the help of all is needed. Let the members of poor households be taught how to cook, how to make and mend their own clothing, how to nurse the sick, how to care properly for the home. Let boys and girls be thoroughly taught some useful trade or occupation. Subheading, Missionary Families. Missionary families are needed to settle in the waste places. Let farmers, financiers, builders and those who are skilled in various arts and crafts go to neglected fields to improve the land, to establish industries, to prepare humble homes for themselves and to help their neighbours. The rough places of nature, the wild places, God has made attractive by placing beautiful things amongst the most unsightly. This is the work we are called to do. Even the desert places of the earth, where the outlook appears to be forbidding, may become as the garden of God. In Isaiah 29 verses 18 and 19 it says, In that day shall the deaf hear the words of the book, and the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity and out of darkness. The meek shall increase their joy in the Lord, and the poor among men shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. By instruction in practical lines, we can often help the poor most effectively. As a rule, those who have not been trained to work do not have habits of industry, perseverance, economy and self-denial. They do not know how to manage. Often through lack of carefulness and right judgment, there is wasted that which would maintain their families in decency and comfort if it were carefully and economically used. Much food is in the tillage of the poor. And reading from Proverbs 13 verses 23, A poor man's ground may produce much food, but when justice is denied, it is swept away. 
We may give to the poor and harm them by teaching them to be dependent. Such giving encourages selfishness and helplessness. Often it led to idleness, extravagance and intemperance. No man who can earn his livelihood has a right to depend on others. The proverb, the world owes me a living, has in it the essence of falsehood, fraud and robbery. The world owes no man a living who is able to work and gain a living for himself. Real charity helps men to help themselves. If one comes to our door and asks for food, we should not turn him away hungry. His poverty may be the result of misfortune, but true beneficence means more than mere gifts. It means a genuine interest in the welfare of others. We should seek to understand the needs of the poor and distressed and to give them the help that will benefit them most. To give thought and time and personal effort costs far more than merely to give money. But it is the truest charity. Those who are taught to earn what they receive will more readily learn to make the most of it. And in learning to be self-reliant, they are acquiring that which will not only make them self-sustaining, but will enable them to in turn help others. To be continued. Join us again next time when Rosalie Ricards continues reading from the book The Ministry of Healing here on your station, 3ABN Australia Radio. Let's listen to William Ackland as he shares a psalm from his paraphrase of the Bible called The Gift. Psalm 116 is a psalm of gratitude for God preserving our lives. I love the Lord because he has heard me. He has heard my cries and my prayers. Because he has paid attention to my words, I will always look to him as long as I live. I feel in my body the onset of death. The place of the dead is calling me, for sorrow and trouble are my lot. In my distress, I cried out to the Lord, O Lord, I plead that you will deliver me from the enemy of my soul. The Lord is gracious and absolute in his perfection, and even in our sinfulness, he is a merciful God. The Lord cares for the credulous, and when I could not help myself, he reached down and saved me. Be at rest, O faint heart. The Lord is all this soul needs. God has delivered me from eternal death, my eyes from crying and my feet from stumbling. I shall then be able to walk confidently before the Lord in the land of the living and not in the silence of death. I pondered and then spoke my thoughts, saying, I am in serious trouble. I said in my rashness, All men are liars. What can I give to the Lord as a token of love? For all his blessings showered upon me. Gratefully, I will drink from the cup of his salvation, calling upon the Lord my gracious God. I will not fail to pay my vows to the Lord in full view of the assembly of his people. Cherished in the sight of the Lord is the place where his sleeping saints lie. Psalm 
O Lord, I shall always be your servant. I am your bond slave, the son of your maidservant. But you have loosened the cords that have bound me. I will bring to you my thank offering, praising you as I come to the temple. Yes, I will not fail to honour my vows as his people bow before him in the courts of the Lord's house in Jerusalem, his chosen city. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 